What's up, everyone? I'm Caitlin. And I'm Amanda, and we're the Wolf Pack Girls and the hosts of the Team Wolf Podcast. My one true love, Michi Slaw Style Slinsky, returned home to us this week, and I feel oh so blessed. I do too, because this is one of the greatest episodes of Team Wolf ever. And although we will recap some of the biggest moments from 610, Amanda and I wanted to take the time this week to talk about some of our favorite Teen Wolf memories. And you know we've got a lot of them, so let's get into it. I think that we have to start, since we've never talked about it before, how we started watching Teen Wolf to begin with. My least favorite story to tell. I don't, this story has never gone public before because Amanda makes me keep it very under wraps. Because it just doesn't make me look good. This is, a, this is a Teen Wolf podcast exclusive on how Caitlin Bell and Amanda Garak started watching uh, Teen Wolf. Um, <laughs> and one, uh, one night in June of 2011, I was watching the MTV Movie Awards and there were all these these commercials for Teen Wolf and... I saw them, but I wasn't like, I got to watch this new show. But this this boy I was talking to on Facebook, it was like live tweeting, but not. We were like live IMing each other about the movie <laughs> awards. was like, oh, you're watching Teen Wolf right now, right? And I was like, oh, no, dude, I'm, I'm going to bed. And he was like, I think you should watch Teen Wolf because like, I think you'd really like it. And I'm like, no, no. And then the next day he kept talking about it. So I'm like, I got to give the show a chance. So I started watching and I was hooked immediately. Um, but I didn't want to talk to this boy about teen wolf i wasn't even friends with this boy amanda was friends with this boy and um <laughs> i'm just gonna go out and say it thanks ryan if you are listening amanda had a little crush on you this is so rude <laughs> i cannot believe you're doing this right now he's never gonna listen um i'll just tag him on facebook um no! <laughs> and so i had this i had this powerful this great, brilliant idea because basically I asked Amanda to watch Teen Wolf so I could talk about it with her um, and she said no. She said that she was a Vampire Diaries girl. I'm just I'm just laying out the truth. Are you going to say anything? I'm mortified. That's all I have to say. <laughs> um, and also I have this Teen Wolf journal which I, I wish I brought in where I write down every single thing that's ever happened regarding Teen Wolf to Amanda and I. Um, and I wrote about it, and I, I wrote in it that not only did Amanda not want to watch because of The Vampire Diaries, but also because it was on when she went to sleep, so she couldn't stay up and watch it. But anyway, it was the summer. So I, I go to bed early. Leave me alone. Once again, it was the summer, but anyway. I go to bed early at any <laughs> season of the year. So I had this brilliant idea that I was like, look, I don't want to talk to Ryan, but Ryan talks to me. Ryan talks to me about one thing and one thing only, and that's Teen Wolf. You like Ryan. Ryan doesn't talk to you that much. I know that she used to hate the fact that Ryan did talk to me. So I was like, look, if you watch Teen Wolf, you can talk to Ryan about Teen Wolf. And I went, oh, that is a good idea. So I started watching Teen Wolf. And the rest is history. Honestly, the rest is history. I and I'll just I'll just throw it out there. Nothing ever happened between me and Ryan. I don't even think you two ever even talked about Teen Wolf. I don't think we really it ever did. It was just my brilliant master scheme to get you to watch. And it worked. And you're welcome. But also... Thank you, Ryan, if you're out there in the world. I don't think we've actually like spoken to you since 2011. But uh, thanks for getting us to watch Teen Wolf. That was mighty great of you. Yeah. So that was the first time we watched you know, Teen Wolf. That's our story. But the first time we ever see Styles on Teen Wolf, he has a baseball bat. Mm. And so in, 
this episode, when Styles finally returns to Beacon Hills, he goes to the hospital, and what do they do? They hand him a baseball bat upon arrival, and it just was too perfect because, all, like, kind of like your first and... I yeah, mean, it's like... And it's not even, like, that he just got it in, like, the first time we've ever saw Styles, but, like, the whole the whole series, like, he's he's not a wolf, clearly. He's human. And his only real power... Well, his only, like, defense mechanism, aside his sarcastic abilities, yes, was a baseball bat. Not that he's ever, like, actually used a baseball bat, but, like, just having that baseball bat, it's just, like, so... There's, like, two things you really associate with Styles, and that's his Jeep, which is where he actually ended up appearing for the I first time. I love that. I loved when he popped out of the Jeep. It's, which is funny, because it's, like, I'm assuming he was going to show up in the tunnels, but, Me like, too, no, but he's no, back he in the Jeep. Me too, but no, he came in the Jeep. Him and Roscoe reunited again, and then the other thing you associate with Styles is baseball bats, and he has one. And I also have to say, um, when he reunited with Scott... I loved it, that. I know, like, last week we talked about how... Liam and Theo in like certain scenes were very much to me Dylan Sprayberry and Cody Christian and this seemed like a very Dylan O'Brien Tyler Posey moment it totally did the hey buddy I loved it and and even when they're walking to like try and figure out how to divert the train Mm -hmm. tracks and Scott's like oh you want to split up and in my mind I'm like no and Styles like never again and I was like because the friendship between Scott and Styles and the friendship between Dylan and Tyler is just so pure and so real and I felt like I was watching an episode where it was just Dylan and Tyler. It wasn't Scott yeah. and Styles. It was really their relationship being just played out on screen. And, like, that also just brought me back to, like, so many different things of, like, Dylan and Tyler in real life. A lot of obrosy. A lot. So much obrosy. All and obrosy. I must say, I have spent many a times watching obrosy fan videos <laughs> on YouTube because clearly all I do in my time That's is watch, all she does. Is watch uh, Teen Wolf fan created videos. And so many obrosy videos have um, footage from our, our, our rap with them. Teen Wolf rap, which honestly, like, we read the comments to the video that still come through and we know that they all say cringe. <laughs> cringe. Ew. Oh, secondhand embarrassment. Secondhand embarrassment. Why are those girls just sitting there like, okay. What would you do if you were thrown onto the set of your favorite TV show with two of your favorite people in life and you were like, rap? Like, that's <laughs> first uncomfortable. Of all, first of all, we can't sing. Second of all, I remember, I actually have, so basically the internet Deleted saw Deleted like, scenes. No, yeah, the internet saw three minutes of that and I have, I think, like 15 minutes of it, like actual footage on my computer and one of the things that no one saw... Um, Wow, real real, ex- real exclusives happening on this episode of Team Wolf um, is that Dylan looks at us and it was before Ty- we started filming before Tyler was done rapping, like shooting wise. So at first it was just us with Dylan, which none of that footage actually made it into the video. Um, but Dylan looks at us and he's like, so how are we doing this? Like, do you guys have this thing memorized? And we look at him and we go, no, because we wrote the rap and then sent it off to MTV to like approve of it. And then they did. But then we we never actually bothered to ever memorize our raps. Yep. We always just had them on the screen because we would write them and then just record immediately. So then we were like, shoot, because now we can't be up close and personal with the screen. We're supposed to know the words. The boys are supposed to know the words. And none. Of, and he was like, like, Dylan learned the words fast. Yeah. And he even said he was like, you know what? We're just going to wing it. And we did. And, and we did. Honestly, I think we it was a blessing to everyone that the two of us were so awkward and just stood there because you got so much more out of Dylan and Tyler and we didn't mess up your beautiful shots and gifts. Some of your most iconic gifts and images that you all have of like Dylan in the purple sweatshirt and the wolf hat and gifts of him dancing, 
that was from us. So you're welcome. You're internet. damn welcome. And maybe one day I will release some unseen footage from that because you know we did three different takes. So there's, I got a lot of content. You do on my laptop. You do. But back to the television. Back to the television. Um, so Styles reunited with Scott. Now there was someone I was dying for him to reunite mm. with, and it was Lydia. And after Lydia saves Styles' life, she screams. Probably for the millionth millionth time in the series. She screams to get the Ghost Rider away from Mm -hmm. him. She looks, she comes running in and she looks at him and she went, I never said it back. And he goes, you didn't have to. And then they kiss. And it's beautiful. And I screamed so loudly. Do you know that? um, Have you ever seen the movie The Duff with Mae Whitman? Yes. So do you know that scene where she's in the hallway and she like reaches her arms out and it's like all these like things are exploding around her because she was so, that was like me in that moment where I was like, oh my god. And it was a, it was a kiss. It was a kiss. And it also was like the first time that they've actually kissed like for real. Because the panic attack kiss was more of like a a calming mechanism. Yeah, and then it never really happened again. This was a kiss out of true Love. True ah, passion. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. <laughs> so excited. Um, and I thought Holland was fantastic in this scene. And yeah. In any scene where she's trying to, you know, express her emotions towards Styles. And Holland is just a very expressive person in general. Mm-hmm. And Katie and I were so upset when we went to Atlanta that first time because she was sick and she wasn't able to be there. This is true. So the first time we ever met Holland was when the Teen Wolf cast came to New York City to ring the NASDAQ bell. That was in May of 2012? Yes. And it was like the night before this was going to happen and we got a call from someone at MTV and it was like, hey, um, the Teen Wolf cast wants you to have lunch with them tomorrow. And I was taking a summer class and I was like, well, I guess I'm not going. And so like, <laughs> Katie and I went and we came to the Times Square offices and we were presented with a beautiful lunch with Tyler Posey and Holland and Colton. And we finally got to meet Holland. We had met Colton previously. We had hung out with him um, in New York City. We went to M&M World. It was a great time. And it was a great time. No M&Ms were actually eaten in the duration of that time, but no. it was still a great time. But I just loved that day because it was it was a reminder that, like, yes, we were fans. But we were also, it was the beginning of us really being brought into the MTV and the Teen Wolf family. Yeah, it really was. I think that was, like, the moment that, like, solidified it, I feel like, for me. Because it was, like, they, we... We were actually just going to come to New York City to see them ring the NASDAQ bell just because we're huge, like, Teen Wolf fans. But the fact that, like, they reached out to us because they wanted to have lunch with us, I think you can imagine how much I, like, wanted to vomit that night because I was so nervous about it happening the next day. Because, like, all in all, like, even now, it's, like, we're still such huge fans of the show. Yeah. So, like, any moment that we get with the cast, like, I, it's I obviously different now because we've We've, I feel like we've all like grown up together, even though it yeah, has and only been we're like coming five up years. on our five year friendiversary. Oh my god, we are coming up on our five year friendiversary. Um, it's still like you don't believe like it's like the dream. Yeah, you know, life. and I think people think that here we are in like 
I mean, just being honest, people say like, oh, these guys are ungrateful. They don't deserve this. Why don't I get this? Whatever. But you have no idea like what we're thinking. Guys, I keep a Teen Wolf journal in my bedroom. We're still just as big crazy fans as all of you. I just wrote in the Teen Wolf journal a few weeks ago. It has 126 pages that will never be published. But um, wow. But yeah, we, you know, we care so deeply about this show and these actors and the characters and the story. And we just control ourselves but on the inside and oh god we're dying we're dying like i anytime we're in the presence of any of them even tyler posey who i consider to be you know one of our very good friends Mm -hmm. i'm still like i can't believe like this is my life right now it's just crazy because like as two as two really passionate teen wolf fans like you never expect or any t- a passionate fan of any TV show, you never, first of all, you never expect to have, like, interaction with the cast. I mean, I guess now it's more accessible due to Twitter, which was actually, like, how any of this happened for us. But the fact that, like, it's gone this far where it's like, okay, we loved Teen Wolf, so we started watching it, and then the cast started tweeting us, and then we started to, like, meet the cast, and we flew out to the set, and then we got jobs and now we see them more regularly and we've been to the set multiple times and now we work with them but now we also are friends it's like but also i will say that if i was any member of the teen wolf cast and i had read any of the things that i was tweeting them back in the day i would for sure have put a maybe restraining order against me they would have muted you Probably, oh, my, probably me too. Oh, they would have a hundred percent muted me thank you all for not doing that and you know who i really wanted to mute this episode Claudia Stolinski because oh my I, gotta, God. I gotta give it to you because you and I I think it was Chris who Chris was agreed the, with me on the second episode of this podcast said how shady you thought that she was and how weird you thought something wasn't right and I was like I no, knew she's it a Stolinski no I knew it the whole damn time and now she's turning into this evil she looks like thing. a demon she looks like that girl from the ring tomorrow seven days I think it's Samara so. Really? I've never seen that movie, but I am 98% sure it's with an S. I always thought it was tomorrow. No, All right, I don't think well, so. Anyways, but anyway, she's I, a freaking demon scary ghostwriter lady. This actually upset me because this is like, Styles is having an interaction with his mom, who's supposed to be dead, but she's like kind of there. And I think the reason it upset me so much is because, once again, like, I think when we saw Claudia, like, in the beginning of this series or season, she seemed really nice or at least to me i guess you always knew that she had some some sort of evil in her but like all of styles's flashbacks of her in the whole series it's been like a very negative relationship with her like he's always it's kind of always made it seem like she he was to blame for her death or at least that's how he always i guess envisioned her when he had those hallucinations and now i'm like oh he's having like a moment with his mom and once again it's horrible yeah like poor styles can't catch a break he's finally back to reality and she's trying to like suck his soul out or some weird yeah i don't know what she was trying to do but it was terrifying and And she's gone finally like he lets go of her and i think you know they're all really letting go of that part of their lives you know they're gonna remember Mm -hmm. her and they're gonna remember her how she was but they're gonna be able to move on now and i thought that was a really great moment and a really great way to kind of really visualize how that was happening yeah and another thing that uh 
was really this one took visually me for pleasing. A r- <laughs> visually pleasing. <laughs> so it took me for a real, real loop. Yeah. So Argent's having like a Wild West standoff. I, s- I swear it was a hundred percent the Wild Wild West. I know that they weren't. Not a word was spoken, but I know in their minds they were both looking at each other, going, "This." This train station ain't big enough for the both of us. <laughs> they were. And, and instead was... of tumbleweeds, it's the newspapers. And they're both, like, holding their guns. And I'm like, who's going to go first? Because it's a standoff between Arjun and a ghost rider. And then you see, like, guns being drawn. You don't know. Shot, you, you don't, don't know. know. You, you don't have no idea who was shot first. But then you see that Arjun was successful. Mm. And then... He and Melissa Melissa's share. Melissa's like, <laughs> Melissa like looks at him like, damn. Yeah, and they share a kiss, and I screamed again because it was the second greatest thing that's ever happened to me. What's the first greatest thing? That's Styles ever- and Lydia kissing. Oh, right. I was so excited, and she was like, that was so hot. Like, that's what I was saying. Like, yeah, it was. <laughs> and then they start making out more. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. You know, everybody always said, like, I was will Melissa say, end up with Argent? Will she end up with the sheriff? R.I.P. Uh, Melissa and the sheriff. I always, they really just. I always thought it would they, be them. Well, because it's never been a thing with Argent until this season. And then, boom. Damn. Coming in hot. And um, speaking of of Argent, um, J.R. Bourne. Love that man. What a man. Amanda used to think he was computer generated in season one. <laughs> because he's so good looking that I didn't think it was humanly possible for like an actual person to look like that. Um, one of my favorite things with Chris Argent, <laughs> Chris Argent with J.R. Bourne is, Amanda, you weren't there this summer, but at San Diego Comic-Con. Rub it in. <laughs> Rub it in, Caitlin. <laughs> at San Diego Comic-Con, we were at this uh, this party and he was like looking at me weirdly all night and we met. We've met JR, I think, only once before? Only once, that first day that we went to the set. And he was a dream. He knew exactly who we were. He introduced us to Crystal Reed. Yep. Um, he kept giving me these weird looks at this party all night and eventually, like, asked someone if I was on Shannara. And then someone was like, no, that's Katie. She runs the MTV Twitter. And then it was like all of the memories flooded back to him and he came running over to me and he was like, oh my God, how have you been? How's Amanda? Fist bump, roar, Wolfpack girls. And like him and Ian Bowen were like fist bump roaring. And I was like, oh my God. And that's also when like my childhood self, well, child, it's not really childhood. It was like, how old was I when Teen Wolf came out? Like 18, 18. 19. <laughs> um, I regressed back to that. And I'm like, they're fist bump roaring. I've never seen like anyone fist bump roar. And for those of you who don't know what the fist bump roar is, it is a handshake Katie and I made up back in the day that Colton Haynes named the fist bump roar. Yeah. And so they, they, it was they very iconic it. that they did it. They did it. They did it on MTV Snapchat. I have it forever in my phone. I remember I was texting Amanda frantically. She was probably asleep at this time because time difference. Also, she goes to bed early as we have discussed. <laughs> um, but wow. What great men. Ian Bowen, too. Yeah. They're all gems. Speaking of Ian Bowen, we're at the end of this episode and... It's a standoff against the Ghost Riders and Mr. Douglas. So Scott, Peter, Malia, and Theo, they all band together to basically take down like 700 Ghost Riders and Mr. Douglas. And honestly, I couldn't believe this happened. Well, I could because like I knew it had to happen, but they're not always successful, but they were successful and they diverted. They're really not always successful. And I'm really, I was like... You know, it was getting towards the end of the episode. I'm like, we don't have much time left. Like, are you kidding me? Like, they're going to fail and then it's going to end? Like, 
Yeah. Come on. And they divert the train and they basically save the day. And this was a moment where you see that Theo really transformed. He became the person that they could trust and became someone that actually fought with them instead of against them. And like that's a we I think we've seen Theo and Peter have like the biggest transformations this season. They really have and speaking of transformations, Mr. Douglas thinks that he is about to have his Ghost Rider army, but they're kind of oh, like, you know what? No. We don't have a leader and they end up transforming Mr. Douglas into a Ghost Rider and they all Peace the heck out of Beacon Hills. I feel bad for whatever town they end up in next, but I'm just so happy I'm that so they're happy gone. that they're gone. And I, I hate to even bring this up, but leaving. No! <laughs> People are leaving, and... In the final scenes of 610, Styles gives Mason his baseball bat and kind of sets up, you know, Liam, you're going to be the alpha one day, and Mason, you're going to be the one that's always saving his ass. So mm-hmm. you're going to need this baseball bat. Because also you're a human. You're a and human. And you need it. And he says he's going to George Washington University for the pre-FBI program. Ah, that, his, that Scott's dad helped him get into. I just, it like gives, it gave me the chills because it's like, this kid is so smart and he's going to go so far and he's used these tactics his whole life and now he's he's going to school for it. And it's just, it's like this whole scene is so like emotionally charged because Styles is having this conversation with Scott. He's giving him the keys to his Jeep because he's like, you know what, here you can have my car, take care of it. And like, like Lydia and I are going to drive down together and that also you need to drive the car because I lost my wallet and therefore I don't have a license. So, mm. of course. But like, just like Dylan and Tyler in this scene, they did like such an amazing job. And once again, it just it didn't feel like Dylan and Tyler. It no, I mean it didn't feel like Scott and Styles. It felt like Dylan and Tyler. And but you it, could even see like tears in, in Tyler's, Tyler's eyes. eyes. Like it just it felt like it felt like goodbye. The most emotional line I think of this episode is when. Styles looks off and he he sees the younger kids walking and he looks at Scott and he's like they still need us and it's one of those things where I feel like they've had this conversation a lot Scott and Styles where it's like I think it started off this season where it's like Beacon Hills doesn't need us anymore like nothing no supernatural things have like happened and Styles is like no no like come on and once again Styles is like no they still need us but it was also like i felt like they were talking about like us as fans yeah because i this whole season like i know this isn't like the series finale but but, like it almost felt like felt like it and this this whole season i've been trying to like talk myself as like okay teen wolf's your favorite show teen wolf has like you don't i don't know where either of us would be right now if it wasn't for teen wolf but I've been trying to tell myself, like, it's okay. Like, Teen Wolf's ending. It's fine. Everything everything comes to an end. And I, I've really been working at it well. And then when he said they still need us, I was like, I do. <laughs> like, I, I still need Teen Wolf. And, yeah, I, I, like, lost it. And my mom was like, 
are you crying? And I was like, yeah, this is, it feels like the end of something that's been such a huge part of my life, mm-hmm. even though I know it's not. But even, you know, in these next 10 episodes, you have no idea what's going to happen. And this just felt so right. I honestly, like, I don't even think I would have been mad if this was the series finale because I just think this episode was so, like, I hope that this is what the series finale is like. Yes. Like, everything comes to a close. We now know they're all going to college. I don't even know how the next 10 episodes are going to play out at all because it's very clear that everyone's going to different places. They're going to different schools, and they're all across America. So I kudos to the writers of Teen Wolf, however they're going to make this happen. But um, it just, it felt like such a, perfect closure it was like extremely emotional and they're driving away and i'm drive off into the sun and i'm like hysterical crying and my mom's making fun of me and i'm still hysterical crying and i just i'm not i'm not ready to let go of it yet i'm not either like what are we gonna do now that everyone's going off to college I don't know and i i really am interested to see how these next 10 episodes play out because of that don't say that because I'm not ready to say goodbye. I still need them. We all do. We really do. And I'm just, I'm not ready to say goodbye either. That is all from us for now. Until we meet again, you can talk to us on Twitter. I'm at Katie, K-A-I-T-I-I-I. And I'm at Mandabear, M-A-N-D-A-A-A-B-E-A-R-R. We'll talk to you soon. This episode of Team Wolf was produced by Michael Law, Kasia Mihailovich, Michael Catano, Mukta Mohan, and James T. Green for the MTV Podcast Network. You can subscribe to this and all our other shows at iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts.